And welcome back, everybody. This is Things Christians Want to Know. It's our podcast. It's our YouTube channel. It's once a week. <laughs> what else can we say about it? It's, it's, it's all right. It's all right. Yes. It Maybe even decent. Need to know it. Not just want to know it. Yeah. Well, it's want to know, but sometimes it's a need to know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so and I'm Paul Anderson, by the way. That is that is Nate Johnstone. Say yeah, your name, man. Both both true things. Nate Johnstone is my name. Uh, I'm a pastor and a dad. Oh my. And a husband. And I'm recording a podcast about generational thinking, which I, which is why I introed myself in the familial terms. And now, in generational thinking, we are talking both about biologically generational thinking of our prodigy and their prodigy and so forth, as well as spiritual generational thinking in terms of ministry influence and that sort of thing. And we kind of introed this in the first week. And then in the second week, we talked about some examples, some good ones and some maybe not so good ones, particularly about how they finished, uh, maybe not as well as they could have. Um, compared to the example we gave previously of uh, Phil and Margaret, Paul's mother and father-in-law, who are in the process of finishing very well. Phil having just turned 96 and kicking. And they still pray and sing praise to God uh, much of the day. And it's, it's incredible to see. And I want to be that. I don't want to be Hezekiah. Yes. From last week's example, um, where my... I go bad, my kids go worse, the kids after that are unbelievable. Mm. I do not want that. I, I tell my kids actually that I, my goal in life is that they would do better than me. Absolutely. And that, and that they would eventually take for granted things in the spirit that I fought for. Yes. That's my hope. My oh. hope is that when people walk into my kids' church with cancer, they leave without cancer. Now, I would love to see that in my, day, in my day as well, and I will contend for that before the Lord. But wouldn't it be great if what we contended for and fought for and bled for was so normal for our kids and grandkids that they had to work not to take it for granted? And, Nate, if we pass the baton well, that will happen. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned uh, in the... I think it was the first week, Jonathan Edwards and this, his incredible lineage afterwards. Uh, Jonathan Edwards, first great awakening, for those who don't know. Um, look him up. Good guy. He, he, all those lists of people, 30 judges, all these different things. I think it was 30. Um, all, almost all of those were servants, public servants in some way, either in, you know, public service of you know being a judge or a politician or something like that or they were missionaries or pastors or they were all servants and so when it comes to passing the baton not only was the baton passed well in a general sense but the baton was passed well specifically those kids must have learned sacrificial service from their parents yeah and they taught it to their kids who saw it and taught it to their kids, who saw it and taught it to their kids, because those are all sacrificial service positions. And what you describe is just what we're talking about. We're talking about looking at the family generationally, not one nuclear family, but four generations out. 
destiny is spoken of for four de uh, generations. Those who are blessed, they will be blessed unto the fourth generation or cursing the same way. They'll yep. be cursed, cursed to the fourth generation. So in the Bible, uh, I'm going to share some scriptures to give you a picture of what it means to think generationally. Right. I it's, actually, I think it might be cursed to the fourth, blessed to the tenth. That's even stronger. We'll look it up. Yeah. <laughs> so generational thinking is, is somewhat foreign to us, but not foreign to the scriptures. The psalmist yeah. puts its truths into the literature, into the liturgies. Here's Psalm 22. Posterity will serve him future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn. Mm. I've told my kids, I'm praying for your grandkids who don't yet exist. They're not born yet. Yep. For he has done it. Here's another one, Psalm 71. Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, O God, till I declare your power to the next generations, plural. Plural, yeah. Which is also so, sort of an inside, uh, help me live a long time. Yeah. <laughs> Your might to all who are to come. Mm -hmm. So we're thinking about the future. Generational thinking, you look back, the generations, and you look ahead. So here's one psalm 78 which he commanded our forefathers to teach their children listen to this so the next generation would know them even the children yet to be born and they in turn would tell their children they would not be like their forefathers a stubborn and rebellious generation whose hearts were not loyal to god whose spirits were not faithful to him mm -hmm. we are three generations in that passage yeah and the, and I don't know if that's the same passage, but there, there's another one. The last time I read through the Old Testament, Paul, this was one of the topics that jumped out at me the most. Okay. Out of all the big themes in the OT, because all the time God is like, teach your children, teach your children, teach your children. Mm -hmm. Like it's really, really important. And that, that speaks to family and, and parenting and all that, but like also teach them, teach them the way of the Lord. And then at one point it's like, you didn't teach your children. You didn't do it. And now they all fell away. And what am I to do? Mm -hmm. So something bad's got to happen to bring everybody back. Right. And yeah. uh, it's just, it's all over the place. It is. Let this be written for a future generation, says David in Psalm 102, for a future generation. Hmm. We don't tend to think that way, that a people not yet created may praise the Lord. Interesting. And I'll read one. It, this is not in the Psalms. All those other ones were in the Psalms, but the prophets wanted to have this message brought before the people. They yep. were mindful of this reality. Tell it, listen to this, three or four generations, tell it to your children and let your children tell it to their children and their children to the next generation. That's a lot of children. So you've got four generations in one sentence. So this is really an important 
message, an important truth to, uh, to get a hold of. And I'm going to do a little teaching here about it. Uh, and I'm going to say several truths. First of all, that history and destiny merge when we think generationally. Who do we worship? We worship the God of Abraham and Isaac, Isaac and Jacob. And yeah. Jacob. So right there, yeah. Generations. We we see the generation. And then Jacob had the twelve tribes. Yeah. So I mean, very generational. Yeah. Names at one time marked generations. What is my last name? Anderson. What does that mean? A son of Anders. Yeah. Ben Adam, son of Adam. So. Name. My name was Johnson originally. Yes. Uh, the family name is John Stone back in Scotland. And then when they moved here, they changed it to Johnson because they had seven generations of Johns in a row. So mm -hmm. they wanted to be to sound less European, I guess. And so they changed it to Johnson, not realizing it was going to be a really common name. This was 1690. So they didn't know it yet. But Johnson was pretty common. But there it is again, son of somebody. Yes. And yeah. I think of like Ben-Hur, you know which is son of her in, in sure, sure. So, and it's interesting that not only are blessings accrued generationally to the fourth generation, but if you wanted to get back at someone and really, really give them a word, listen to this, may his descendants be cut off, their names be blotted out from the next generation. Ouch. So, so they're even thinking generationally when they, when they curse people. Judgment. Yeah, interesting. So, I, uh, I'm, I'm thankful not only to be able to share this with my kids, and I, uh, an article that I wrote about it, I sent to them recently, and I said, I'm just reminding you, I'm praying for your grandchildren who don't yet exist because I want you to do better than me. That doesn't mean to become a pastor. That doesn't mean to do what I did. It right. means to run the race and to succeed and to hit the tape running to do, will accelerate. Each, each generation will accelerate if they do what they're called to do. And that's what right. I'm looking for. And that's what I'm praying for. You and I, Nate, are praying about revival. Mm -hmm. And the verse that you and I hold on to is a verse about generations. Yep. Malachi 4, 5, and 6. What does it say? I'll turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the fathers. Yes. And if that doesn't happen, there's a curse out there, mm -hmm. sadly. So, so God is moving on families in this day and we expect to see a powerful revival as that happens, as fathers yep. are more concerned about homework scores and golf scores and do their work to raise up godly children who will then raise up godly children, who will then raise up godly children. And as we said last week, that's, that's blessing to the fourth power. Yep. And they're they're stopping cancer cold. They're doing the things that we wanted to do and have seen touches of, 
but they will see it in a greater measure. And we say, wow, is that possible? Jesus himself That's said, what Jesus said, greater works than these will you do because I go to the Father. He passed the baton, and there are things that they did that he did not do. For instance, yep. you know, Peter uh, walking by people, and when his shadow fell on them, they were healed. That's called an anointing. Yep. And Jesus also taught, you know, you plant a mustard seed, the smallest of all seeds in that botanical family or whatever, and eventually it takes over the whole garden if you let it. And so I think there is no reason to believe that the living out the kingdom of God like Jesus was talking about, you'll do even greater things than these. There's no reason to me why that doesn't continue to go like this every generation. Why not? I don't think it's done that in human history, um, successively at least, but why can't we continue to expand things so that, like you said, the miraculous things are just more normal later. People no longer have debates of whether or not God heals people today, you know, in places like America versus Africa, because there's nothing to debate. It just happened five seconds ago, you know. I want to get there, and there's no reason in my mind to think we can't. And then there's no reason to think we can't eventually reach all and reach people groups and eventually eradicate poverty or at least the level of hunger. You know, why not? Why can't we end hunger? I, I think we can. I don't know that we can do it in my generation, but if we push hard enough forward and prioritize sacrifice, my kids could see it, or at least their kids could see it, and then a lot of other kids would live to see other things. Um, and so I, thinking generationally, I, there's no reason why it, things just can't continue to improve, because isn't that the way of the Lord anyway? And we continue growing deeper to the Lord throughout our life through, the, through sanctification and discipleship, and I believe heaven will be more of that. Yeah. I believe we're talking about infinite growth, infinite i don't think we get to heaven and snap our fingers and now we know everything and know god perfectly i, I think we just keep going mm-hmm. death is just um, the next step we were walking down the hallway we took another step and now we're in heaven and we keep walking and we keep getting closer to the lord uh we just won't have the pesky sin you know dragging us down all the time mm-hmm. uh which i look forward to um so why why not do that generational why not think that way and hope that way generationally and, and this doesn't mean to say that you've got to be a superstar. You do what you're called to do. Right. You do what God has given, your assignment. We're not, we're not saying that you've got to be like someone else. You simply fulfill your calling. You run your race. Paul ran his race. I'm, I'm, I've got my own race to run, and God will give me race, grace to run my race. How's that? That's right. And, and so it doesn't matter prestige or, or, or any of that kind of stuff. It's are you doing, when you, when you pass away and make that step yes. into heaven, is God going to say, well done, good and faithful servant? Yes. Enter in to the pleasures of your master. And so that's what, that's what I want to hear. Yes. So what we do as we're running that race is that we give to those that God has given to us, children, physical and or spiritual. You mentor younger people. I mentor younger people. In some ways, some of them are like sons. Mm-hmm. I treat them that way. And I pray, pray for them. I pray for their strength. 
and in the Bible, Moses, and we've talked about Moses and Joshua, Elijah and Elisha as examples, Paul and Timothy as people who had spiritual sons. So this nuclear family idea, uh, we want to bust open and think generationally, both in a physical and a spiritual sense. And if you do what God tells you to do and pass the baton to the next generation, it will accelerate. It yeah. will for sure accelerate if you do what you're called to do. And then if they have given what you need to give them to, to, to run a good race and they pass it along, each generation gets progressively stronger. I love it, Paul. And I love that you use the word accelerate there. Mm -hmm. Because it isn't just that it's going to keep going. If you pass the baton well, it keeps going. No, accelerating means it keeps going faster. Faster, bigger, better. In from fact, generation to generation, which is kind of what I was talking about in many words, and you managed to fit it into one word. Well done. Okay. <laughs> we know Elisha did twice as many miracles as Elijah. Yep. Baton was passed well. Great example. Yeah. Elijah mentored him in his senior years before he was dying, and Elisha took that and went for it. Mm -hmm. Moses did it with Joshua. He could have said, hey, this tabernacle is, is my place. You don't get to use it. But when he stepped out, Joshua stepped in, and mm -hmm. he got to know the God that Moses talked to face to face. So when he was given that horrendous assignment of taking them across the river into the land, he did it. That's great. That yeah. brings up a question for me that I'm going to save for next week. Good. About this topic. But before we uh, conclude today's, I do want to mention that we did a series a year ago, a little oh, over a year ago now, called Finishing Well, which really ties into this. Very well. The stuff that we're talking about, it ties in really, really well to that. Um, you know, and this is sort of an expansion of that idea, really, in a way. Um, taking it from finishing well to let's finish well generationally even, and not just for ourselves. So I love that. So check out that series if, if you find this uh, encouraging or interesting. Or if like me, until I heard it the first time or saw it the first time, I, it had never occurred to me. And please, if you have questions, like I had when I first began thinking about this, please ask us. Yes. How do they do that, Nate? Absolutely. Well, you can, you can email us. The email address is um, in about 10 seconds at the end of the podcast. And uh, we, we will get back to you as soon as possible. Actually, we'll very likely, we usually will mention people right on the podcast. So get famous. Send us a question. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that sounded like promo promoting selfishness. Uh, it's uh, questions at tcwkcast.com if you want the uh, address. Questions at tcwkcast, which is the website, by the way, .com. And okay, let's go back. We, we could keep going on this forever. We're gonna, we're gonna get in trouble by going too long, so. And uh, one more thing, can we yeah, yeah. tell them that we actually like what we're doing? We do. We do, and we'd like them, if they like it, to share it with their friends and maybe even their enemies. Well done, Paul, the 75-year-old patriarch telling us to like and subscribe and share on social media. Uh, Who says 
you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Yes. Never said that. Never met your family. That's for sure. I, but to, to go back to honoring Phil and Margaret, just one more time before we close, um, that actually, that point was proven to me by Phil and Margaret when they walked into your kitchen one day with a MacBook um, and had a very specific question on how to do something on email. And I was just like, and they're like 85. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I'm just like, you guys are awesome. <laughs> so great. Um, all right. So we're, we're, we're going to pause and come back next week or we're just going to keep talking forever. Okay. We like to talk though. It's kind of tough. So please come back, join us again and God bless. See you next time. That is it for this episode of Things Christians Want to Know. If you have any questions or comments, please send them to questions at tcwkcast.com. We publish every Thursday, so tell your friends and please rate us on iTunes. That's really helpful for us. Additional information, including links to Nate's blog, Paul's blog, etc., can be found on tcwkcast.com. God bless.